The Laws of Narabasula, Chapter 2. First halacha. The 50 silver shekel that we referred to in the last chapter is a preset fine, but someone who violates these halachas is also liable to pay for damages and embarrassment. And in the case of the rapist, the rapist also pays for pain. Second halacha. Based upon this, the seducer is obligated to pay three things, and they are the fine, compensation for embarrassment, and compensation for damages. And the rapist is required to make four payments, which is the fine, compensation for embarrassment, and compensation for pain, and compensation for damages. Third halacha. In the case of the fine, the fine is always the same thing. It's always 50 silver pieces. And therefore, with respect to the fine, the identity of the victim is irrelevant. But when it comes to damages, pain, and embarrassment, the court determines the amount based upon the context. Fourth halacha. With respect to embarrassment in particular, the calculation is largely based upon the identity of the victim, as well as the identity of the victimizer. A young girl from a well-known family with high lineage is going to have more embarrassment than a girl from a family that is unknown. And there's going to be a difference in terms of the embarrassment if the attacker is from a well-known family and if the attacker is not from a well-known family. Fifth halacha. The court would therefore have to determine how much money this girl or this girl's family would pay to avoid this embarrassment. That is, to make her whole in terms of embarrassment. Sixth halacha. Damages are based partly on the girl's beauty. That is, part of the calculation would be if she was being sold as a maidservant in the marketplace, what would the price be? And how would it be different if she was a virgin and if she was not a virgin? The court would determine the difference in price, and that is what the attacker would have to pay as damages. And finally, the compensation for pain. This is also going to be an analysis that's based on the context. It'll be based partly on the size of the victim, the size of the victimizer, and once again, what it is that the victim or the victim's family would pay to avoid this thing having happened in the first place. That is to say, in the secular sense, how to make the victim whole. Seventh halacha. The seducer must compensate the victim immediately for beishas and pagam, that is, embarrassment and damages, but he does not pay the 50 silver unless he refuses to marry the victim. By contrast, the rapist pays all four damages immediately. The flip side of this is that if they do get married and she decides to divorce him, she does not get anything because she's already been paid. Eighth halacha. In the case of Anara, who was victimized by two different people, and one of them victimized her kedarka, that is, in the usual fashion, and the other like kedarka, which literally means not in the usual fashion, but almost always refers to anal intercourse. If the first incident was like kedarka, not in the usual course, he would be liable for embarrassment and for damages. But if he was the second incident, then he would only be liable for embarrassment because she's already suffered her damages. With respect to the incident that occurred in the usual fashion, he would always be liable for all of the various payments. But if the victim had already had relations not in the usual fashion, then the embarrassment and damages analysis would be different. Tantalacha. In literally any case in which a fine is assessed, damages and embarrassment are also assessed, and in any such case that involves a rapist, pain would also be assessed as well. But typically, if there is no fine that's required, then there is no embarrassment or damages that is required to be paid either. And the exception to this rule is a bagaris, or a girl who has dissolved her marriage through miyun, or a mentally incompetent person or a deaf mute. Eleventh halacha. So this explains what the last halacha means. First of all, the definition of a bulgaris is a girl who is over 12 years and 6 months old. So if a man rapes a bulgaris or a girl who has dissolved her marriage to someone through miyun, then the kanas would not require to be paid, that is, the fine would not be required to be paid, but damages and embarrassment would be required. And someone who rapes a deaf mute is required to compensate for pain. The seducer would not be liable to any of these. Twelfth halacha. A person is not required to pay the kanas by his own admission, rather there must be witnesses. But if there are no witnesses and the man does admit his conduct, then he is required to make the other payments, that is, embarrassment and damages and so on. If the girl makes a claim against him in court and there are no witnesses, then he would be required to swear that he did not engage in the conduct alleged.
This would be a rabbinic oath, that is, it's not required by the Torah, but it is imposed by the rabbis. Otherwise, if he admits culpability, then he's liable for embarrassment, damages, and pain in the case of the rapist. 13 Talacha. If, however, she claims that he raped her, and he responds, no, I seduced you, here he would be required to take an oath according to the Torah, and in any event would be required to pay damages and embarrassment. The reason he would be required to take the oath is because of a concept called Meide B'miksas Chayev B'shvua, that is, when someone admits to a portion of the claim, he is required to give an oath. 14th halacha. In any of these cases, the payments are made to the father, and if the father is not alive, then they would be made directly to her. 15th halacha. If she does not file a claim against her victimizer before she becomes an adult, or before she marries, then she would be entitled to the money instead of the father. But if she made the claim and then came of age while it was still pending, then it would go to the father. And if she made the claim while she was still a minor, and then the father died, then the money would go to her brothers. The theory being that once she makes the claim, if she is under age, then the father has acquired the payments. 16th halacha. If she is consecrated and then divorced, she's entitled to the fine, but only the fine. If she was victimized and then became consecrated to someone other than her victimizer, then her father would be entitled to everything. The theory being that consecration does not take her out of the father's jurisdiction. 17th halacha. This halacha is a rather lengthy personal statement from the Rambam in which he explains these halachas are not intended to be a vehicle through which the father of some girl gets money, and that in all instances, people should avoid sexual immorality altogether. The purpose of the halacha is for an extremely uncommon circumstance in which a person truly is victimized, and therefore falls upon parents, and particularly the fathers, to teach their children to always act in an upright manner.